That's all right, darling. There's nothing to worry about. Can't do it, Mark. I can't. You've got to, Virginia. Honey, put yourself together. There's someone coming. How do you do, folks? You're Mark Phillips? Yeah, and this is Mrs. Coffin. I'm Lieutenant Rankin of Homicide. Just step this way, please. with a story about a girl who invented her husband for herself and then found she was accused of his murder. In just a moment, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. I went to Hawaii last year. This year, I think I tried the Caribbean. I'm going to break it up. Any week in New England, no week in Canada, two weeks in California. You know what? With 30 days, I can fly to Europe. I'd have time for England, France, Spain, Germany, the Scandinavian countries. Sound like the chatter of idle millionaires? No, they're hard-working girls. Members of America's most important jet set, the United States Air Force. The 30-day paid vacations they get each year let them visit the exciting places they've always dreamed about. Of course, vacation time is only one of the many advantages of a career in Air Force Blue. For instance... Women in the Air Force receive exactly the same pay and privileges as men of similar rank. Find out about opportunities for high school and college graduates. See your Air Force recruiter. This is Granger. It isn't often that a private eye sees much of the better side of human nature, like love, warmth, and affection. But I saw it all right in the young couple that faced me across my office desk. Mark Phillips was a tall, well-turned, good-looking young guy. The girl, Virginia Morse, was much on the beautiful side. Her hand rested in his. He was doing his best to look protective and confident as he told me, Mr. Granger, we need your help. We want you to clear us of a murder charge. Well, if you're innocent, you've got yourself a boy. We are innocent, Mr. Granger. Well, I suppose you take it from the beginning, huh? Well, first of all, I'd better explain that Virginia and I are in love. We want to get married. Perfectly natural springtime attitude. But the trouble is that my father died recently, and I'm the only child. When I mentioned marriage to my mother, she... Well, she went into quite a tantrum. Never had the idea that any girl I wanted to marry would only be marrying me for my money. What is money which I'll inherit? From mother. Right. So Virginia and I put our heads together and worked out a plan. It's still quite a good one at the time. You see, my mother wanted to engage a secretary. She asked me to make the arrangement, so I thought it was a perfect opportunity to get mother to know Virginia. By having her take the job? Yeah. The only thing was that Mark's mother insisted on my woman. And I... Did you have a husband? So you invented a husband for her. Your middle name must be Addison. How did it work? Splendidly. Mother liked Virginia immediately. Even made remarks like it was too bad I couldn't find a girl I'd her to marry. Mm-hmm. Only Virginia had a husband. Yeah. Mm. We had to do something about the mythical husband, and it looked like a chance to go right into our laps. 
You decide to kill her husband. What? You invented her husband and then you decide to kill him? Oh, I know it sounds crazy, but it looks so simple. There was an item in the paper about the body of an unidentified man being pulled out of the East River. They thought he'd been drowned. So Mark worked it out that we should go down to the morgue and identify this man as my husband. He's getting crazier by the minute. But when we get down there, it was Kenneth Rankin took us to see the body and then told us the man hadn't been drowned. He's been married. He died of bullet wounds. And they thought that we... Well, I get the idea. Instead of being number one and two in the wedding parade, you found yourselves number one and two on the suspect list. Yes. Yeah. So us on our own recognizance and we came straight to you. You've got to clear it, stranger. I don't care what it costs. Yeah. Well, I guess this is one time where my middle name is Cupid. And I'd like you to try and keep it out of the newspapers and keep my mother from finding out. You kids don't believe in making my job easy, do you? Okay, it just so happens I know Lieutenant Rankin pretty well. I'll go down to Homicide and talk to him. Hello there, Jake. How's the tale of the evil deal this fine day? Wipe the milk off your cap's gun shoe. How's the canary feathers? What then you to invade my privacy? Oh, Jake, old pal. Now, Granger, today I am in a good humor. There isn't a thing you could say to ruffle me or... Wait a minute. Yes, Lieutenant? This can be. No. Let me get a grip on my desk. Then tell me, have you been retained by a young fella named Mark Phillips? No other, old pal. Great, great. Now, Granger... I'm not going to raise my voice. I shall not let this get me down. But talk fast. What do you want to know? The dead man. What'd you get on him? The boy's got a couple of prints. His name was Copy. He had a record. Where's he from? Chicago. Chicago, huh? Yeah. Are you going out there? Uh-uh. Hmm. That's my look. Always bad. of my taking a trip to the Windy City because just downtown lived a man who had more connections in Chicago than a hotel switchboard. Cal Hendricks. Well, well, the star of the private eye probation. How are things, Stevie? Cal, how are you feeling? The election spring is winding its way through my veins. Why? I want to talk about Chicago. A guy named Coffey who was fished out of the East River. A racket man. Coffey? Yeah, I think I've got something for you. A man named Jules McCray blew into town the other day. He's in Chicago and knows everything. And will he tell everything? For a slight consideration, he will babble like a babe. <laughs> Mr. McCray's hangout was a certain Broadway eatery. Since it was around one in the afternoon, it didn't take any great deduction to figure he might be there. He was. McCray? Yeah. Name's Steve Granger. Cal Hendricks suggested I see you. Good on. Up some tomato juice? Uh-huh. Yeah, good for you. Got vitamin A. Let's see you see in the dark. Uh-uh. Oh, okay, pardon me. Ah. Yeah, too bad you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, too bad. Well, now, what do you want? Some information? Your dull-colored green. Take a look. That's green enough. A guy named Coffey was pushed out of the river. Mm-hmm. Somebody shot him. Too bad. But then Louie was a bad boy. Swiping essays from the corner Greek. He was in with Roy Dickler. The two of them stuck up a messenger and got away with 60 grand. Nice work if he can get it. The messenger got insulted. 
They had to cool him. So he was hot and was a cop. Somebody else too. A messenger worked for a gambling syndicate. So Coffee winds up dead. What about Decker? He's in town, of course. Staying at the Fleming Hotel. Thanks very much. That's all I need. Uh uh. I need something too, eh? Oh! Wait a minute. Well, 
Rose McCray, thanks. Oh, don't mention it. I'd happen to try here. I'll let you in a restaurant. I know Decker better than you. I figured he'd pull something, so I followed you over here. When you came through the lobby and you didn't, I came up. Hey, what time is it? Quarter after one. You've been cold for just five minutes. I believe it's five minutes. I've still got time to stop him. I picked up the phone and asked for the police department agent. When they answered, I asked for Lieutenant Rankin. And I was holding my breath as I heard the buzz on the line at the other end. Paper right away, will you, Jake? What? Get on the radio. Call a car near 61st and 5th Avenue. Virginia Morse will be waiting to be picked up by a guy named Decker. Grab them both, huh? Stop worrying about Virginia Morse. She's safe. Yeah? She's sitting in my office right this minute. Morse Phillips is with her. Why? Because I had him picked up. They're being held on suspicion of murder. That's ridiculous, and you know it. Jim Shue, goodbye. Decker's after some dance? Yeah. Think she knows where the 60 grand is, huh? Yeah. Very funny. Okay. How much do you know that you haven't told me? Who knows? Except me. Those McCray sauntered out of the room and out of the hotel, leaving me standing there with a set of lumps on my head that made it look like a malformed cantaloupe. I washed up as much as possible and headed for Lieutenant Rankin's office. Get out of here, will you? Where's Virginia Morris? Turn up Phillips, boy. Gone. What? I hadn't opened my mouth to ask a single question when a whole battery of lawyers with a whole battery of rich moved in on me. Better keep an eye on that girl. Look, Granger, why don't you go back to your office? You can probably go out and serve a few summons. You can pick up a few skip trading jobs. Because we've got something very definite on Virginia Morris and Mars Phillips. What? We got ourselves a witness. To the murder? He's awake at the Pompeian room in the Uptown Hotel. Well, what about him? He waited on them during lunch the other day. He overheard them discussing how they were going to get rid of her husband. But, Jake, that's only circumstantial evidence. And anyway, you heard their story. It was all part of their plan to get the boy's mother to agree to his marrying Virginia. Yeah. When Phillips noticed the way they're opening in, he got tough and threatened him. What about that? Ah, kid stuff. He probably couldn't resist the temptation to act it up. Anyway, in spite of all that, Copy had a wife in Chicago. Maybe you like them in pairs. Just a minute. Franken. What? From Chicago? Cleaning the body. Where's your stand? Where's the hotel? Okay, I'll get over there. And I'll be done. Lieutenant, don't tell me. Let me prove to you that I'm a detective. Would that be a call to say that Coppy's real wife just got in from Chicago and is claiming the body and that she's staying at the Westmore? Granger, one day when I've had enough of this job and will be only too anxious to get kicked off the porch, I'm going to personally bat a baseball over your skull. And just to turn the other cheek, my friend, let me give you a little tip. There's a man in town named Decker who lives at the Fleming Hotel. He's mixed up in the case in some way. Why don't you bring him in for questioning? Granger! Quit throwing herrings in my way. I think you'd find out something. Look, you run your business your way. Let me run mine my way. This was the lobby of the Fleming Hotel again. As I walked through, I looked around carefully. 
sitting in an understuffed leather chair was a man I'd never seen before. A man who seemed very interested in what I was doing. This was the third floor of the same hotel, the floor where Decker's room was located. Also, this was the time I took no chances. My gun was in operating position. The usually careful Decker had left the door unlocked this time. I moved towards the closet, wondering if he had someone else incarcerated. When I stumbled, and what I stumbled over was Mr. Roy Decker, a very dead Mr. Decker. Roy Decker was lying on his back, sightless eyes glazed towards the ceiling. In spite of the fact that he was no great loss to the world, I wasn't happy. Because every time I stumble over a step, it usually means I'm stuck with more strife. In just a moment, I'll bring you the climax of the case. Do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear that I will bear true faith and allegiance, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the United States of America, to the United States of America, that I will serve them honestly and faithfully. The oath of enlistment, joining the United States Air Force. With the amazing technological achievements being made today, the Air Force requires personnel of the highest caliber. Bright and ambitious young men and women from all walks of life, from all parts of the country. If you're in high school now, it's not too soon to think about the future, your own, and your country's. And one way to face it with confidence is by joining the U.S. Air Force, America's aerospace team. Careers are offered in such challenging fields as electronics, mechanics, administration, and many other areas. Or if you're going on to college, consider earning an officer's commission through Air Force ROTC. For complete information, see your Air Force recruiter. When a private investigator runs into a murdered man, the smart thing to do is contact the cops and wait. As I did. Not just because I believe in helping the law, but also because I believe in keeping my license. It didn't take long for Lieutenant Jake Rankin to show up. Uh, no wounds, beating around the head. Yeah. Stranger, how much do you know about this man? He's from Chicago. He and Lou Copy were mixed up in a holdup and a murder. Think he got Copy? I don't know. Go through him, will you? I'd like to know what you find. Carries a black jack. Gun. No phone. Hmm, got a few hundred here. You know a driver's license? There's an upper clock speak. In New York three days ago. Yes. And for a plane ticket. The turn part hasn't been used. This makes it begin to look like the Phillips boy told the truth. I'm not so sure. Be sure you have those lab men dust this place, Jake. You might come up with something. Ranger, I told you once. I know how to handle my department. I nodded goodbye to the police officer and left the Fleming Hotel, walked up Broadway towards the Westmore Hotel. At the desk, I was told Mrs. Copy occupied room 917. As I turned, I noticed something. The same man who'd eyed me in the lobby of the Fleming was repeating his performance here. I decided this was not the best time to call on Mrs. Copy. I moved up Broadway towards Columbus Circle. The man close behind me. Suddenly, I stopped, looked in the window. I admired a new convertible. 
that pantry. There's some of the wood I need inside the building. Like something in a car, sir. Yeah. Beautiful blonde and ten gallons of gas. But I haven't time right now. Sorry. I walked straight through the showrooms and out a door at the back, effectively losing the guy on my tail. And I headed back to a spot opposite the Westmore Hotel. I waited, and five minutes later, the man showed up, went into the lobby. A few seconds later, he came back out again and beat it back towards Columbus Circle. This was my chance to get to room 917 and the talk I wanted with Mrs. Coppy. What do you want? You're Mrs. Coppy, Lou Coppy's widow. Who are you? What do you want? Inside. Uh, hey, who are you pushing? No man named Decker. Why? He was your dead husband's pal. So what? He's up in his room at the Fleming Hotel. Somebody worked him over with a blackjack. You're a police officer? The laboratory men from downtown are there by this time. They'll dust the place of fingerprints. They should find plenty from what I saw. Well, I come up here and tell me that. Just in case you wondered what happened to Decker. What do you mean by that crap? Nothing. Nothing. What are you looking at? Oh, nothing, nothing. Pardon me. Why not? Yeah? Yeah, I know. I see. No, in a little while. Yeah. Along, Mrs. Coppy. Just a minute. Where are you going? I'll see you later, Mrs. Coppy. Come back here. I want to talk to you. Come back here, I said. Help! Help! I drew it down the hotel lobby while curious guests stuck their heads out of various doors and gave me frightened double O's. Finally, I made it to the telephone. Luckily, my man was in his office. Jake, this is Granger. I got something for you. Now what? Come up to the Westmore Hotel. You've been bothering Mrs. Coppy? Listen, will you? I'm going to get a room. Ask for the number. And get here as fast as those pudgy legs of yours will take you. I beat it over to the desk, told the clerk what I wanted, showed him some numbered letters, and got it. The room was on a court, and just opposite me was number 917. I called Mark Phillips. And waited for his help. Granger, what's the idea of asking us to come here? I want you and Miss Morris to look at someone, that's all. Who? Why don't you come over the window? Stand behind the curtain. All right, Mr. Granger. Who do you want us to look at? I look into the room, straight across the court. See that woman packing her bag? Yes. What about her? Ever see her before? Not me. I haven't either. You sure? Of course. Has this got something to do with you, Copy Granger? Both of you go down to the lobby and wait for me. The Morse girl and Philip left, while I stood behind the window curtain, watching Mrs. Copy. Suddenly, she moved over to one corner of the room and bent over. By standing on the radiator, I could make out what she was doing. Something important enough to send me around to her room in double time. Oh, so you came back, old Granger. You've got my name, eh? Hmm. Was that what the guy told you? The one uh, who called you on the phone when I was here before? 
Maybe. Hmm? Why did you come back? You know your husband pretty well, didn't you? I should have, so been married for a year. Uh-huh. What about having the 60000 he and Decker got out of the messenger holdup? <laughs> Why, well, I see. Okay, Granger, reach. Well, well, little Sue Shadow. Teddy's gone. Right. I figured this, and it happened. I got it. Turn around, Granger. Why, thanks. Nice of you not to give it to me in the back. Good shooting, Mrs. Coppy. Thanks. Keep your hands in air, Granger. Fool. I told him to get rid of the gun. That's the one that killed your husband, huh? Shut up. You know, you were here in New York when your husband was killed. I saw the airplane ticket book on the desk. You made two trips. I thought that's what you started when you were smoking too bad. I know something else, too. I saw you take a bundle of money from in back of the baseboard over there. Let them all think they got me to turn around. Keep your hands up. That must be the 60000 huh, Mrs. Coffey? You got it when the dead man on the floor shot and killed your husband. You've been a little too smart and a lot too sleepy, Granger. But we're not going to be either anymore. I've always had a theory that... No dame can shoot straight. Well, it is one day who's going to demolish your theory and you with it. Hey, Granger, I thought... Stop, Lincoln! Well, friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. Well, you number two card. Here it is. Thank you, sir, and you... Good enough, I think. I, I think maybe go over the time a little bit on it. Seems to uh, lag a little bit. Fooling around with an engine at the corner garage is fun, and you can learn something from it. But if you'd like to work with engines, why not make it really pay off? That was the roar of the B-52, backbone of the Strategic Air Command. It takes expert mechanics to keep it primed for flight. Perhaps you can qualify for the training that's required. In the U.S. Air Force, you'll build a career for yourself in a vital aerospace specialty. So why not find out where you fit in? Your local Air Force recruiter can arrange for you to take the Airman Qualifying Examination that will measure your aptitude in key career areas. If you're going on to college, look into the Air Force ROTC program. Mrs. Coffey turned away from me to fire Lieutenant Rankin, whereupon I lifted one number 10 and kicked the gun out of her hand. He went down to the lockup while Virginia Morse and Mark Phillips were freed of any charges. Even my southwest town lieutenant was elated. Well, it was just as you called the Granger. Coffey walked out on both Decker and Mrs. Coffey. She found out where he was the same time Decker did. She found out before she got that mug to shoot him and keep the dough while she flew back to Chicago to establish an alibi. She needs one. The only thing she hasn't told us is why she killed her partner. The mug? When ballistics get through, Jake, you'll find that the bullets and copy will match the gun he used to high sneeze. And Mrs. Copy had to get rid of them. Maybe. She's going to use the old dodge. The mug was dead. She'd shoot me and make like an innocent bystander. Oh, I'd never believe a story like that. Well, thanks for something. Hmm. Yes, and the two kids. Virginia Morse, Mark Phillips. Oh, yeah, yeah. They must have squared things with his mother. Here, look at this. Hey. The 
Phillips announces the lies of... Uh, uh, Request your presence. Request your presence formal. Formal? You gonna wear a monkey suit? Obviously, dear boy. Well, aren't you afraid of being mistaken for the waiter? After all, you don't look your best when formally dressed. Quite the reverse, Lieutenant. When in a tux, I look deluxe. Oh.